0: The prime obligation
1: of every human being is to speak out against injustice. We are our brother's keeper. You're listening to The Keeper, brought to you by the Lantos Foundation for Human Rights and Justice. I'm Katrina Lantos-Sweat. Thank you for joining us for episode four of our Solidarity Sabbath season on anti-Semitism. If you've been with us from the beginning, then you know we've already covered this vitally important issue from a number of perspectives, from a leading scholar of anti-Judaism to the United States top diplomat focusing on combating anti-Semitism to the personal experiences of Holocaust survivors. If you haven't heard the first three episodes, I encourage you to go back and have a listen. Today, we're going to take a deeper look at one area where anti-Semitism and really hate of all forms is spreading in alarming ways. We've already touched briefly on this particular topic. We have to unlock this vexing policy challenge of dealing with not only anti-Semitism, but mind you, all kinds of hate that are spreading like wildfire on the Internet. That quote comes from our interview with Elon Carr the U.S. Special Envoy to Monitor and Combat Antisemitism. Today, we'll hear from Yigal Karmon, President and Co-Founder of the Middle East Media Research Institute, or MEMORY.
0: If one wants to know what's happening to mend the situation, he has to know what is said. And to know means the media that gives you the present, the school books that gives you the future, what is taught now to children will surface in 20 years in action, and, of course, in the religious institutions.
1: For more than two decades, Memory has done groundbreaking work, researching the most disturbing examples of extreme anti-Semitism and Holocaust denial in the Arabic, Farsi, and Urdu-speaking world. Memory painstakingly translates these materials into English and several other Western languages, covering everything from media reports to textbooks to religious sermons. It shares these translations, along with sophisticated analysis of trends, with policymakers and the media to help them better understand what exactly is happening around the world. As Mr. Carmon describes it, memory bridges a language gap between the West and the Middle East and South Asia.
0: Usually when you say the word bridging, it's perceived as positive. But when there are two wide gaps and the other side doesn't share the same values, the same ideas, the same understanding about human lives and their importance. It turns to be a very painful thing. It turns to be exposure. And it is so painful for those, of course, who are being exposed because they want to hide it. It's difficult also for those who are being deceived and they don't want to see it. I remember a case, an imam in New York of the 96th Street Mosque. He was the smiling face of Islam in New York. And he goes to Egypt and he goes on a tirade of anti-American, of course anti-Jewish, Jewish and American doctors are killing Arab babies in hospitals in New York. And then we publish it and he never came back. But... Many in America, they didn't want to believe it. They blamed us that we made it up. We made it up. An interview in the El Azar University publication. He never came back and he admitted to what he did. But this is so tough on people when this bridging becomes... Uh, actually exposure of the bad side of it.
1: With its decades of experience, Memory has uncovered countless examples of violent anti-Semitism throughout many parts of the world. But recently, Mr. Carmon and the researchers at Memory have turned their attention to what you heard Special Envoy Carr call a vexing policy problem.
0: What concerns me is the Internet. These are the highways of hate of all sorts, murderous hate of all kinds, anti-Semitic rights of of all kinds. Everybody against everybody.
1: Yigal Karmon's concern is not misplaced. The Lantos Foundation collaborated with Memory on a 2019 report titled The Hater Next Door, Online Incitement Against Minorities in America. It offers a bleak snapshot in time of online activity from November 2018 through February 2019. It uncovered the staggering scope of hate and incitement posted daily online and asked probing questions about who should be held responsible for allowing such hate to spread across the internet unchecked.
0: The internet is a blessing to society. Just like the nuclear energy. We cannot imagine how much blessing it brought to society. Nuclear, from medical treatment to energy, but like nuclear energy, it has in it dangers, structures that if they are not supervised and if nothing is done to protect from nuclear energy that runs wild or from open internet the transwide it becomes a horrible situation and this is what happened with the internet the internet managed to jump above all other media that keep us democratic and safe papers radio television we were very uh, democratic with them right there was no problem of democracy because we lacked something there And these had limitations on their activity by the fact that they could be sued if they misreport. There comes the internet, beginning with Facebook. With those 18 words of Article 230 of the Decency Communication Act of 96, they are above the laws of anything that democratic countries took upon themselves. And they became the highways of hate.
1: Those highways of hate extend beyond anti-Semitism on the Internet. We find vicious hatred and incitement by Nazis, white supremacists, fascists and racists against many minority groups, including Jews, Muslims, people of color, the LGBTQ community, feminists and others.
0: One cannot imagine the development of the global jihadist movement without the Internet, and the same with the white supremacists. And the same
1: with anti-Semitism. So much of the worst and most venomous hatred in our world today originates from and takes hold because of the Internet. And memory's research demonstrates a twisted intersectionality on the Internet as well, where hate-filled groups sometimes support minority groups that they would usually attack because of a shared hatred of a third minority group. As the President of Memory explains, this hatred can spread and grow unchecked, largely thanks to the protection provided to tech giants such as Google and Facebook in Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. This short section reads, and I quote, No provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. End quote. In essence, these short lines give tech companies cover, preventing anyone from suing them over the violent hate speech that is found all over social media platforms and other websites. American political figures on both sides of the aisle recognize deep problems with Section 230 and have called to amend the Communications Decency Act. In May of this year, President Trump took on Section 230 directly. After he tweeted 51,000 times, this week Twitter began fact-checking and hiding some of his tweets. The president began railing on Twitter, quote, revoke 230. The president went on to sign an executive order on social media.
0: My executive order calls for new regulations under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act to make it that social media companies that engage in censoring or any political conduct will not be able to keep their liability shield. That's a big deal. They have a shield. They can do what they want. They have a shield. They're not going to have that shield.
1: While Yegal Carmon agrees with the president's desire to amend Section 230, his reasons for doing so are fundamentally different.
0: I would be much happier if he had done it a while ago when it had to do with shooting in synagogues out of hate or in mosques or in churches, when it had to do with pedophilic crimes. That was the time to stop.
1: The internet can be both a highway of hope but equally a highway to hell. Unless we confront the rampant calls to violent action against individuals, communities, and groups, including Jews, Mr. Carmon fears that the highway to hell will prevail. Still, he holds out hope that both governments and even tech companies themselves will do the right thing and take greater action to stop the spread of anti-Semitism and other forms of hate on the Internet. Join us next week for the final episode of our Solidarity Sabbath season, which we'll be releasing on World Humanitarian Day. We're so glad that you can be with us for this special season, and we hope you'll take the time to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Katrina Lantos Sweat, and thank you for listening to The Keeper.
0: This episode of The Keeper was produced and recorded by the Lantos Foundation for Human Rights and Justice. To support our work and for more information on today's topic, visit us at www.lantosfoundation.org.